passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Deitch. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. One guest this week, but it is a regular. Sports Media Watch editor and founder, John Lewis. One of the uh, exceptional voices in this space. He's been on this podcast many times, both as a solo act, as well as with uh, Austin Karp and others. And we bring him today as a solo act. John Lewis, welcome back. Hey, happy uh, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, so let's start up. We've got a lot to talk about. Let's let's start up with viewership because literally, as we were as we're taping this on January thirtieth, um, the AFC Championship viewership dropped down. We'll get to the NFC in a second. So Chiefs Ravens averages fifty five point four seven three million viewers, beats the previous record of fifty four and change for Jet Steelers in two thousand and eleven. Um, John. This just continues an incredible run in the postseason for the NFL. It continues an incredible run in the postseason anytime the Chiefs air. And you probably will get to this in your answer, but there's it is there's no doubt that there is a Taylor Swift factor here. And that while she's certainly not responsible for AFC championship viewership, the game itself is the game itself. I think it's very clear she 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 amplifies that viewership number. So when that came out today, how'd you see it? Well, I'm not sure how much I agree that there was that big of a Taylor Swift effect. I mean, remember, it was not the most watched game of the day. That was the Lions 49ers in the later window. Uh, you know, I, I do think, obviously, there's probably some impact there, but I don't see a universe, given the numbers we've seen for the NFL this postseason, where another matchup would have been much lower. I mean, maybe Bills, Ravens would have been 52, 53 million. Now, maybe it wouldn't have been quite the record beating Jet Steelers in 2011. I think with these numbers, you know, we got to consider obviously the out of home impact. I think so. I want to be clear that out of home viewing is not, you know, falsely inflating NFL viewership. Uh, the NFL is doing great. But when we talk about these records, I mean, these are really skewed records. I mean, this is like wind aided versus non wind aided or something. <laughs> the right? I mean, it's funny. Yeah, you're right. I agree. You know, and, and obviously we know this was not more watched than Jets Steelers in 2011. It wasn't even the most watched, if we're really being honest, of Patrick Mahomes' career in the AFC because Patriots Chiefs in 2019 
was 53.9 million without out of home viewing. So by the way, out of home viewing was being tracked back then, just not included in the numbers. So maybe at some point I might see what that 2019 number really was without of home included. But long story short, great, great number, excellent number, incredible that the NFL can get 55 million viewers. But all of these records are in name only. All right. So let me counter on a couple of things. One, I disagree with you on Taylor Swift. I, I, I do think there's casual fans who are watching or at least checking out the broadcast uh, who would never watch an NFL game because of her. Um, uh, you know, even earlier in the year, NBC Peacock put out a number that they attributed to they attributed to her because they were tracking uh, females between 18 and 35, which were way up. But I, I don't want to make this a Taylor Swift conversation. But the thing that's sort of interesting to me about what you just said, John, your, everything you said about Out of Home Network is correct. I do think we can fairly make the comparison between this year and last year because oh, yeah. it, all Absolutely. the metrics are the same. And based on that, th the, these championship games soared over last year. Like that, That's all apples to apples as opposed to apples to oranges. And it does show more interest in the NFL in 2023 versus 2022. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. So uh, AFC title game was up 17% in viewership from 49ers Eagles in the same window last year. That was a blowout, of course, but also up 4% from Bengals Chiefs in the late window. Uh, so that's kind of amazing. Obviously, the Lions uh, 49ers game was, was up as well. And, and uh, there is the NFL's had a great year. There's been real growth. I think, obviously, it would have been much preferable to get the Lions in the Super Bowl. I mean, we know with the NFL, it's not like baseball, where you get the Diamondbacks and the Rangers, and you're like, oh, no. Any matchup is going to do well in the Super Bowl. But, you know, obviously, the NFL was, this is kind of like 03 in baseball, where they ended up with the Marlins and the Yankees. And it's like, well, you got the Yankees in the World Series, but boy, it would have been nice to get Red Sox-Cubs, wouldn't it? And uh, you kind of miss out on that great storyline that would have been Detroit getting there. Uh, but, uh, and you know, the other aspect is we've seen KC versus San Francisco pretty recently back in 2020. So, you know, uh, it was a, it was a great game, but it wasn't the most memorable. So uh, certainly it would have been nice to get a better matchup on paper, but uh, everything is looking up for this league right now. It's in uh, the only negative thing I can think of from a ratings perspective that's happened is the Lions losing uh, short of the big game. Everything else has worked out exactly as the league would have wanted. So that's interesting to me. So like, I think both of us know and agree that the Chiefs are a great viewership team. They're always going to draw viewers. Uh, the NFL markets itself around quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes is, I think, is the best quarterback in the history of the league, quite frankly, other than Tom Brady. And if you want to say he's the best, I, I'm not sure I'm going to argue with you. Um, so that gets to the Liners, not Lions Niners, John. Do you think that viewership, listen, it's in the great programming window in terms of 630. It's the primetime game. We just talked about how the NFL is hot. But do you attribute like that massive number more to the Lions and the Niners? Because that's interesting to me. Well, I yeah, I would I mean I would attribute it most of anything to the 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 window, as you mentioned. But I think the Lions are the driving force. The 49ers are in, you know, they played in a great game the previous week that did really great numbers against Green Bay. But I think the Packers were the driving force yeah, behind that. But the Packers are. By the way, do you, I, I should just let the audience know what was that exact number? Was that for the um, for the Lions Niners? Fifty six million. Fifty six point three two million. Okay, right. And, yeah, and, and then just to and I'll sort of give back to you. But the Packers obviously like the Cowboys and like the Chiefs. These are historically great viewership teams. 
Yeah, but, you know, they're also, you know, they got a new quarterback people don't know yet named Jordan Love. I mean, it, obviously the Packers are the Packers, but the fact that Green Bay was, in my view, the driving force, you know, they just have kind of uh, more of an underdog story because they weren't supposed to be in the playoffs. I think they were the first seven seed to win a game. And that aspect with the Lions as well, I think, is enticing to people. You know, it's not NCAA tournament-like, but it's something you don't always get in the NFL. And that's, you know, true underdogs. The... Last year's Super Bowl is the most watched Super Bowl on record when the um they 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 had an initial number that came out. Nielsen then said we coded some stuff wrong and put a new number out and the new number 115.1 million for the Chiefs Eagles surpassed the prior record of 114.4 million for Patriots Seahawks on on NBC in 2015. John, I would say, I know how you feel about the Niners, but I would say if this game is close, just given the momentum of the NFL season, again, we probably disagree a little bit on this, given the Taylor Swift factor, at least in my opinion, I think this Super Bowl, if it's close in the fourth quarter, will set a new viewership record. How do you see it? I think, yeah, probably. I mean, really, the matchup doesn't even matter. Anything short of Jaguars, Panthers was going to get a record, I think, this year. I would note, the real record for a Super Bowl, if, we were, if we're being totally real, is uh, Patriots-Falcons in 17, because there was out-of-home viewing being tracked then. It just wasn't included in the Nielsen official numbers. So the official number for that Patriots-Falcons game was $111 million, but if you include the out-of-home viewing, it was $124 million, and that is at least as far as all of the Nielsen measures that were being taken at the time. The most watched uh, on record uh, but obviously technically last year's was the record i think uh you'll see that number probably surpassed i mean i don't know last year was a really good matchup you, you'd much prefer philadelphia in there to san francisco um and i i think uh you know the the, the swift factor it will probably i mean here's the thing about the Taylor i think it's swift a bigger I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. it's a bigger factor to me in the super bowl maybe than any other game just because it is the super bowl right well, it's less of a factor in the Super Bowl to me than in any than in any other game. There's always celebrities in the Super Bowl, and usually they're not sitting in the stands watching. They're performing, and to me, Beyonce performing, Michael Jackson performing, Prince performing. The Super Bowl's always had that, and that's so much bigger than hey, look, Taylor Swift's sitting there watching the game. So, to me, I think the Super Bowl factor already includes a significant celebrity fan base in a lot of these past years now you know look the fact is usher is not really the highest profile performer so maybe taylor swift will make up for that in terms of her presence but there's always always a big celebrity factor a big music factor uh, it's one of the it's the biggest night in music it's bigger than the grammys yep. uh, and then, yeah so uh, i i don't really think it'll i, I don't anticipate that being a, a significant factor all right, again, we're going to disagree on this, and that's fine. Never again has there been a celebrity who is dating the star tight end of a of a Super Bowl team. So I think I think it's going to pop, but uh, you know we'll have you back in a couple of weeks, and we'll see. Um, I want to get to Greg Olson. Uh, if you read, uh, if you read or subscribe to the Athletic, you saw a long piece by me that was published um, on uh, Monday about Greg Olson. Uh, where he sits right now in terms of what's going to happen heading forward, Tom Brady, the impact of him coming in, my thesis on that piece, 
after talking to a lot of people uh, in and outside of Fox, is that if I were Olsen or Olsen's agent, I would play the long game. I would stick at Fox. I would work on the number two team with Joe Davis and Pam Oliver. I would obviously ask for a big raise to do that uh, from what a normal number two gets. And I would wait it out because I don't think Tom Brady is going is long for a broadcasting job. I just He has a 10-year contract. I don't see him coming close to fulfilling that. Again, very easy for me to say. And Greg Olson, obviously, is a number one analyst and deserves all the praise he gets. John, you're someone again. You've watched you watch all these games. You've watched all this. How do you see uh, how do you sort of see the Greg Olson, Tom Brady thing heading forward? Well, I think you'd be crazy if you're Fox not to keep Greg Olson on that number one team. You spent all that time investing in him while he was still a player to develop his talent. And he has come through. He has lived up to those expectations. This is like when you grow homegrown talent. Uh, you know, uh, I can't think of any really good examples. I'll just say like Austin Reeves or something with the Lakers. And he turns out to be a good player, a serviceable player. And then you just trade him for the the, the big name. The reality is that uh, Olsen one is a lot better at his job than Austin Reeves is at his. No offense to Austin. Uh, I know that comparison wasn't the greatest, but <laughs> the reality is, you know, he's he's a, he 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 was able to replace Troy Aikman more than adequately. He, they had high hopes for him, and he has lived up to all of those hopes. So I don't see any reason why you would demote him in favor of a guy named Tom Brady, who has never done it, who might not be good at it. And at the very least, having Olsen there allows you to protect Brady a little bit in case he is a little shaky to start. Do you um, – I, I, I don't think – and I wrote about this. I don't think this is going to happen at all. But the only place where I feel like perhaps – Perhaps there could be a change would be Amazon only because Kirk Herbstreet may wake up one day and be like, you know what? I am tired of this travel and I'm just going to stick to college, which is my longtime strength and longtime passion. But otherwise, like there's not all the spots are taken, you know, like they're all under contract. And you've written about this as long as I have. Networks don't make random moves when it comes to their A team. Well, except for ESPN at the NBA, but that's neither here nor We're, there. That's next. John, don't jump the topics. That's next topic. Right. But look, I, I think Herb Street is obviously overworked. I mean, he'll never admit that because it's kind of gauche, given all the money he makes to complain about the travel. But I mean, his travel is probably not even healthy for, for someone to be doing at the level that he's doing it. I think he did a game in... Uh, a game day in, in like South Carolina and a game in Oregon the same day or something like that this year, it would make sense for him to step back from one of those jobs. And Olsen obviously would be a great fit for, for any position. It would have to be someone other than Al, I think. I don't think you're going to start Olsen in the total. Although, Al, although Al signed for next year and there's yeah. Al's not walking, you know, that's the thing with our Herbstreit too. You, usually you don't walk away, John, from millions of bucks. Al's not, Al's right. not going anywhere next year. Yeah, well, maybe beyond next year. I mean, who knows how this works uh, in terms of uh, next season for Olsen, but uh, that would be a good spot, uh, Amazon, certainly. And Amazon's going to get better games. Amazon's going to get a playoff game. They're going to get a Christmas game. Yeah, I'm quite sure the next Christmas is a Thursday for the NFL in a couple of years. I'm sure Amazon's getting a game that night and probably a playoff game next year. So that's going to become a bigger and bigger package as time goes on. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage 
to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. Let's uh let's get to the NBA as you brought up. Um <laughs> the the irony of Doc Rivers taking the Bucks job is of course that ESPN put out there that the reason or one of the reasons they were uh, they were letting go of uh, Jeff Van Gundy, right? Was it because they were worried, or they've historically been worried about him taking a coaching job? Um, having did a little reporting on this, there's no question ESPN was blindsided by this and 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 not happy at all. Um, you know, you you invest in Doc, you pay him a lot of money, and if nothing else, you think he's you're going to get the year out of him, especially after all the promotion and marketing that you did for the three person booth between Mike Breen. Doc Rivers and Doris Burke. Now Doc goes to the Bucks, and you now, as ESPN management, have to make a decision. Do you stick with Mike Breen and Doris Burke as a two-person team, which in many ways was sort of the historical template prior to the three-person NBA booth? Or do you bring in J.J. Redick or Richard Jefferson? Seems like they favor J.J. Redick potentially for that spot, and you make it a three-person team for the NBA Finals. I actually think that ESPN is in a good position here because I don't think there's a bad solution to this problem. Doris and Doris and Mike will do a great job. Doris, Mike, and JJ Reddick would do a great job. I personally, John, and I'm going a little long here because I want you to comment on this. If I was ESPN, I would actually go outside the box and I would ask somebody who loses in the postseason, say somebody like Steve Kerr or LeBron, to come in and be a third analyst and to make the NBA Finals like really interesting and unique by bringing in somebody unexpected that you never would have expected to do the broadcast. I don't expect them to do this, but that's how I would do it. How do you see all this? Well, I, I definitely, well, why not Doc Rivers in that scenario? You know, it's been a lot of second round exits. You would think it might be <laughs> a circumstance where he's available. Look, I think the reality is it obviously didn't work out. ESPN made a, a kind of a ridiculous move to to get rid of their long-term analysts. You don't hire Doc I mean, Doc Rivers has spent five total seasons in broadcasting. Five. Over the course of 25 years. He did three years with Turner, left for the Magic. And, you know, his previous season with ESPN and ABC, he didn't even, he wasn't even there the whole year. He started the season in Orlando, got fired, and before the season was over, he had taken the Celtics job. And that was just in one year working for them with, uh, with Al Michaels a million years ago. So, uh, you know, hey, you get, you get what you kind of are paying for. And ESPN had to know that Doc 
would take the first opportunity to to go back into coaching. Um, as far as the future goes, I'd go with uh, Jefferson over Redick. Uh, one of the things that I would say is when Doc and Doris were there together, one, they didn't have any chemistry at all. They didn't have any chemistry. They didn't have time to build chemistry, but they didn't have any chemistry. Uh, Doc being the lead analyst, really the, the, the A guy who had done the finals before, kind of dominated the conversations and Doris was maybe getting in some words edgewise. KJ Redick is a podcaster. You bring him on, he's going to be dominating the conversation too. And I don't think he's earned that position the way that Doc Rivers did. I mean, if you want to say that one season 20 years ago for ABC and ESPN is earning it. I think Jefferson is someone who uh, is more of a supplementary analyst. He doesn't take over the game. Uh, if you've heard him work with uh, Sarah Kustak before, he, he he's the secondary guy there. He doesn't overwhelm. Uh, and I think for Doris in particular, if she's going to be there, she needs to be the, the lead of, uh, of those two analysts. Does it, you know, I think one of the interesting questions is, does it, does it even matter? Like, would anything change for viewers if it's just Mike Breen and Doris Burke? I don't think the viewership obviously would change at all. No. And they have chemistry. You know, they've worked together yeah. for a long time and they like each other. Again, I, I don't know what ESPN is going to do. And that's a... Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to get to the Pataro Magnus level. It's sort of like a Dave Roberts, Norby Williamson-ish level kind of decision. But um, I, I, they may not even have to make a decision, John. You know what I mean? Like, they, yeah. I don't think if you're an NBA fan, I don't whether you like Mike Breen or Doris Burke or not, you can't say that they're not. They don't have the requisite experience to do that job. You know what I'm saying? Functionally, so in some ways, you don't even have to make a move if you don't want to. I think the only consideration is. You know, the idea that they don't have anyone who played or coached professionally. Yeah, it's a good point. Really good point. And, you know, I mean, obviously Doris didn't have an opportunity to play professionally. There was no WNBA at that time. But, you know, I, I don't even know if her college career would have merited a pro career. She's a very uh, good but, player at Providence. I don't know if she was good enough to be a WNBA player, though. Right. So, you know, that to me, I can't think of really any parallels in the history of the NBA on, on TV. I mean where there's been nobody in the booth who played or coached professionally. So that might be something that you, you think about. Um, but uh, ultimately who, you know, how many people really care about that? I don't know. Um, I, I do think that this is a great opportunity for, you know, Doris to play to her strengths. Uh, she's a very strong analyst. He breaks down the game really well. Uh, the only flaws that I would say that I've seen uh, uh, in terms of her work would be maybe a little bit too too takey at times in terms of some of the some of the ways she describes things can almost seem a little podcasty themselves or themselves. Uh, that to me, I think when you're working with someone like Mike Breen, that maybe eventually in this two person booth will kind of fade over time. And uh, certainly more than anything, the quality of the games will determine the quality of the analysis as we saw on Saturday, a great game. And it was a great broadcast. Too. The, uh, the last one for me is, you know, the, the NBA media rights are coming up and unquestionably the NBA, I think if they don't have a direct hand, they have an indirect hand in terms of who they want to be their signature broadcasters, particularly for the finals. If you could get into the head of the NBA broadcasting apparatus, those people, Adam Silver, et cetera, do you think, my sense is maybe they would want a former player or a former coach on that broadcast as a um, 
sort of a link to the league. I don't particularly think they love Van Gundy because he's very critical of the refs, et cetera. But, you know, it, it, how do I sort of phrase this? Like, it's a weird thing. Like, no, the, the, the leagues don't hire the broadcasters, but the broadcasters know that they're not hiring somebody who the leagues wouldn't approve. So in that sense, John, do you think if you're Adam Silver and company, like, do you want to coach or a player on that broadcast because it's such a signature property for you? Yeah, I mean, I think they would. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I I also think, you know, it's been a long time since there's been a two-person booth on the NBA. It's kind of weird yeah. with football. It's nothing but two-person booths. So the idea of Olsen and Brady in a three-man booth with the Burkhart, I mean, we haven't seen that on the A-team in a while. I mean, obviously, Monday Night Football decades and decades ago, but not since Buck, Collinsworth, and Aikman a million years ago as well. Uh, on the NBA, though, it's always, you know, the big three. You get the three folks in there. And I think uh, uh, it, there is something a little lackluster feeling about the big game, and it's just two people. I, I don't know uh, why that is, but you're just so used to seeing the trio there. Um, I, I do think that, you know, Steve Kerr would be interesting. I mean, the Warriors don't seem to be going anywhere, uh, which is a much bigger problem for the NBA than, than the broadcasting. Uh, but uh, Steve Kerr would be available. He was obviously, you want to talk about people who were really good at broadcasting. Phenomenal. Steve Kerr is better than Doc. I agree. Uh, by by uh, infinitely better. Not even close, quite frankly. Yeah, and, and so I mean, he was the lead not just on the NBA. He was the lead on the NCAA tournament. People forget that uh, with uh, with Nance and uh, I guess Clark. The Kelly. thing about the thing about great about Kerr is Kerr was great with different partners. You know, like yeah. you said, whether it was on the NCAA tournament or with Marv doing all mm -hmm. those NBA games. And um, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I clearly Steve made a decision to go back to coaching. And obviously, he's been an all-time historic great coach, but he was an absolutely fantastic number one analyst. And I do hope one day, once his coaching career is over, I hope he goes back to it because I thought he was terrific. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, the Warriors aren't going anywhere. They're getting older. And, you know, um, I would not be surprised if even after this season, he, he decided to take a break. I mean, you got to take a break, right? Yeah. I mean, even Bill Jackson took a couple of breaks. So um, that would be someone to look at, uh, you know, uh, I mean, if you really wanted to go out of the box, and of course, I'm not serious, although I do hope it happens. How about Bill Walton? You know, he's still around. Still Would be around. good, although, um, yeah, I don't know if I see that. I just, I yeah. think the problem with Walton, obviously, who just for younger listeners did do the NBA Finals with Steve Jones, um, Marv Albert on NBC. I do think he's so removed from the game, John. That might yeah. be the big issue. He's just, I haven't covered the NBA in forever. Yeah, but you know, hey, I mean, it would be, I, I wouldn't complain, but you know, that's the nostalgia factor. That's the member berries, right? Yeah, but, yeah, and very famous, and like, and people would tune in. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right, last one. We'll, we'll do a quick and I'll get you out of here. Because um, we'll, we'll, I'm going to end up doing much more pods on this, and uh, it's a longer topic. But I did have um, Alex Sherman and uh, Chad Finn on to discuss um, the WWE Netflix deal. And one of the things we got into, of course, is, is this going to be a foray for Netflix to ultimately get into what is traditional live sports as opposed to sports entertainment. Um, when you saw that deal, obviously a massive deal for both those companies. Did, um, did you start to think that maybe three, five, seven, eight years from now, Netflix is going to be a player when it comes to traditional media rights? Or do you see this as um, just a continuation of Netflix when it comes to sort of an entertainment vehicle and they're, they're not going to dip their toe in that other water? Well, I when I first read it, I did think that this was the beginning of Netflix entering uh, as a live sports contender because obviously, I mean, you're paying this much money for WWE Raw. Yeah, it's entertainment, but it's also live programming. So forget what it is. The fact that Netflix is paying this much money for live programming, that was always the question, whether or not Netflix would, would move into live this way. Um, but, you know, obviously Netflix continues to say, hey, we're not getting into live sports, yada, yada, yada. Um, I don't really know what their opposition is. I mean, if you're into the WWE, you might as well just go and make the leap into live sports as well. Uh, F1's rights are coming up uh, after next year. Uh, and obviously, that would be a, something to fit. I mean, there's a lot of tiny little sports that have niche fan bases. How about the French Open is coming up? Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking tennis would be so interesting for Netflix if they ever really went big into it. Because... Uh, I you know I'm I don't know if you watch I I like Breakpoint I I you know I know it's box to box film so it's sort of different but I think Netflix has done a great job with tennis in terms of like what they've done with it so far. Yeah, I haven't seen the Breakpoint show, but I've heard of it, and uh, you know, uh, again, look, I mean, tennis fans are already so used to having to you know scrounge around looking for the games and the matches on Tennis Channel on Peacock and certainly the French Open where you know you don't even get the live coverage on your NBC affiliate. Uh, because it's tape delayed depending on where you are in the country. Um, so that would be a good fit. I mean, I've had a, I know uh, some folks have told me on Twitter, uh, I, I didn't even realize this, but the horse racing, the the Derby, the Belmont. Yeah. Although I think I, 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 as someone who's a massive fan of that, um, I actually think NBC has done a great job with that sport. Oh, yeah. I, th- I, l- I think their Breeders' Cup coverage has been excellent. Derby coverage has been excellent. And it, But by the way, Fox is now into that. Fox just had the Belmont yeah. for the first time. Um, yeah. And let me so, correct yeah, that. It would be. Uh, I, I don't. Yeah, you're, I know what you're saying about niche sports, but man, I don't know how much money there is in uh, in, in no. terms of getting into horse. But if you want to dip, know? if you want to dip your toe in there, there's opportunity. I do want to correct yes. uh, the Derby and Preakness are coming up. The Belmont, as you said, went to Fox, so that's yeah, locked yeah. up. But um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity at, at the niche sport level if you're afraid to get in and, and pay the huge amounts of money. There's even the the baseball Peacock contract that expired. Yeah, great point. The Sunday morning game. So. If Netflix really wants to get in, there's any number of relatively low risk opportunity for them to do so. And if if they uh, don't choose to take advantage of those opportunities, then I guess we'll have to take them at their word. One thing, and again, this is sort of me being selfish because I, I I'm an Olympic uh, fan and I've covered many of them and I love those sports. Do you like something like track and field? I yeah. Think like if Netflix just was like, you know what, we're buying up all the Diamond League stuff. We're buying up everything that's not the Olympic Games. And we're going to put it on our uh, behind our paywall. Um, again, it's a niche sport, but would the diehards for that sport 
pony up the whatever it is, you know, in nine ninety nine a month to pay for Netflix so they can get every track and field event with the exception of the Olympic Games. Well, if Netflix doesn't do it, somebody ought to. I mean, there's interest there. People care about track and field. And it's the most basic of all the sports. It's just people running, right? You know, I mean, people have been doing this for centuries and centuries and centuries. So uh, to me, if it's not Netflix, uh, the, the, the setup for track and field right now is woefully inadequate. NBC gets an event every now and again. NBC half the time doesn't even t promote it until like the Monday of. Uh, and uh, I think it's difficult to keep track of if you're a fan. I mean, it's difficult to, to keep track of even if you uh, are a media person wanting to tell people where the meets are airing. So um, track and field, I don't, I don't know how they do their rights. I imagine all of these events are, 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 are negotiated separately. Maybe they need to do what NASCAR did all those years ago and kind of pull them all together. Yeah, there's, I mean, the, um, I believe there's just different bodies that own um, different events. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah, it's not like the Diamond League is going to be selling its rights with the um, the United States Olympic trials. You know what I'm saying? So that, right. that's the, you know, this has always been the issue with soccer, right? It's just like there's, there's 10,000 leagues and... You can't just get a soccer streaming service, which has everything, because, like, you know, NBC has Peacock, and ESPN has the Bundesliga, and so that's that's not good. Paramount, has, Paramount Plus has the Champions League, so that's not going to happen. Um, all right, anyway, we're going to get John out of here. Uh, John Lewis is the editor and founder of Sports Media Watch. Go to his excellent site. Uh, essentially indispensable when it comes to sports media, particularly on viewership. You can catch John on Twitter under his handle. I think Paulson underscore SMW. Am I right about that? Yep. Okay. Yep. So you can catch John's work on there. And John has a podcast that he does, which you can listen to off the Sports uh, Media Watch website. He, uh, he's got a podcast every week where he, he goes very deep into viewership. John, it's always great of you to stop on this podcast. I always appreciate your insight and time. And thank you very much for joining me today on the Sports Media Podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right, back in the studio. My thanks to John Lewis uh, for his, uh, his time and insights. He's always great. Head to the archives if you like these kind of conversations. Uh, this week, we had uh, ESPN NHL broadcasters Ray Ferraro and Sean McDonough talking about the All-Star Game and hockey broadcasting. They were great. Uh, the Athletic Chantel Jennings on women's basketball. CNBC's Alex Sherman and Chad Finn, as I referenced, were on this podcast. We went pretty deep into the Netflix TKO deal. Paul Feinbaum was a guest on this podcast in January. And then if you like behind-the-scenes business stuff, Karen Brodkin and Hillary Mandel of Endeavor, they, uh, they negotiate a lot of behind-the-scenes deals. And Hubie Brown was on this podcast not too long ago, and that was always a treat for me. Again, if you like this, please leave us a five-star review and a nice note. That is how this podcast continues. want to thank uh, Patrick Antonetti for his hard work. Thanks to everybody at Odyssey for their support. And thank you for listening. We'll see you soon on the Sports Media Podcast.
Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.